0: Welcome to A Couple of Goons, the only podcast where goons talk about hockey. That's probably not true. I'm your host, Neil Payne. Uh, My usual co-host, Walt Hickey, is away on a uh, richly deserved vacation right now. So actually, uh, the show is kind of a misnomer because tonight we have a trio of goons. I'm joined by my 538 colleague, Emily Shearer constant presence on the show great to have you here yep, Emily. Always,
1: always fun always fun to be here
0: and uh making his second appearance on uh the goons pod is tyler loletta from insider hey tyler
2: howdy how we feeling
0: feeling great yeah i feel good about the the goons energy on the show uh even though walt is gone somehow we've increased the number of goons by 50 percent from usual even though one of the 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 headline co-goons is gone this is just the magic that we're bringing for the playoffs yes. right that's now that
2: 538 statistical analysis <laughs> right there you got oh, just on the spot more goons right there live math that's that's how <laughs> that's how the goons roll
0: Oh, totally. Uh, but yeah, we're excited, uh, you know, to have you guys on. Uh, been been circling this date in the calendar, and not at all scrambling to try to find someone to uh, replace Walt. But <laughs> I like the mix that we have because Emily, you are a uh, a long time high level hockey fan and and follower and expert, and Tyler, you're a Walt level novice. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say
2: a short time, short level hockey.
0: fan. Yeah, right. yeah. First time, not long time. <laughs> yeah. <exactly>. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I feel like we have a a nice mix of things here, which is really in the spirit of the show. And and yeah, this is our first episode that we're doing like in the actual playoffs. And in fact, uh, like I I was saying to Emily before uh, we started taping that maybe it was a mistake to have an 8 p.m. start. Smack dab in the middle of a Bruins playoff game uh, That seems like it could get pretty tense uh, It's 1-1 right now uh, With about four minutes left in the second period As I stare at the uh, the diamond-shaped uh, logo for, for NBC Sports Network uh, That will show me how much time is left And I know you guys have uh, some, some pretty significant thoughts On this new graphics package From uh, our friend the NBC like, Sports Network Nothing
1: says baseball a like a diamond. diamond Or nothing says hockey like a diamond I'm sorry
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing does say baseball like a diamond, like, which I think true, is kind yeah, of telling. <laughs> kind of telling for them. Uh, yeah, so we can dissect that and and our immediate thoughts uh, on just like yeah, it, it seemed like things were going great. We we had nothing but good things to say about the NBC Sports Network here, and, and we were prepared to kind of pour one out for the end of their time being associated with NHL coverage. And then they go and do this and, you know, I'm just not sure. I feel kind of conflicted. I don't know how to feel they anymore. They just burned all the but goodwill. We'll, ta- we'll save the. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> uh, so, so we'll talk about that in a bit, and also uh, we're we're going to talk about uh, our favorite playoff traditions, uh, and Emily is going to kind of educate us uh, about the the long standing ones, the coolest ones, and the weirdest ones. And uh, Tyler, I, I think your your uh, your task is to come up with like what is the next big nhl playoff tradition but uh we'll 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 leave that for later in the show (laughs) um but yeah one one of the traditions that we usually do at the top of each week's goons pod is to talk about the team of the week usually it's the team that increases their elo rating the most from last week to this week but i say it's the playoffs we throw all that out the window and I don't know about you guys, but I've been pretty impressed with, first of all, just the Battle of Florida in general. I think that has been a really, really uh, just everything we've wanted uh, out of that series so far. Um, but I'm impressed with Tampa Bay. And I'm curious what you guys think, because there are a lot of questions about how they finished the season. You know how whether, you know, they would be ready, whether they would be healthy, whether the guys that were coming back. I e Nikita Kucherov uh, would be in in uh, prime form for the playoffs. Those questions appear to be answered, and I think we can say that the Lightning are the uh, the team of the week. But I don't know. What do you guys think about what you've seen out of that series so far?
1: It was just a fun game to watch that first one. I don't know. It was
0: just back and back forth. and forth.
1: Super high energy. Also, I think that one came on after. Vegas, Minnesota, which was also super high energy, but very much a goalie duel with no scoring. And then we go straight into Florida, where it is so much scoring and so much fun and so much history between the two, despite never meeting in the playoffs. Just a lot of fun.
0: Anytime that Florida teams w- face off, you know that it's, there's just like, it, they don't even have to have a history. They, they just uh, automatically hate each other because they probably are, like, looking around and they're like, it's pretty hot outside. Why are we playing uh, an ice-based sport again? Anyway, Tyler, I cut you off. What did you ask? No, to say? you're
2: good. I was just going to say that first one, I have uh, – it's – any game that has the back and forth is a lot easier for me to get into. You know, like, as, like – especially for – these are teams that I don't know, like – You know, again, like Walt, I've tracked a couple things. So these are rosters I'm entirely unfamiliar with. But when you can give me four goals in the third, then that's easier for me to go like, ah, yes, the cool thing, the hockey. So I've I I enjoy I enjoy anything that can give me a back and forth such as that because I think there's a couple lead changes. It looks like right. Oh, it was going back. Every every goal was a lead change, basically. Right. Yeah. So that's like what you're going, you know, like there's like not every five, four is created equal. So like this was a good version of what this is. This is what we're looking for.
0: Best possible five four game. I mean, it really was like if you get now, don't expect that. I know Tyler, you are um, you know kind of new to the playoffs. I would say it's probably uh, more in the spirit of the playoffs to see a one nothing game like that Vegas Minnesota <laughs> right, opener yeah. than a five four slugfest back and forth every time. Uh, but man, so if don't that was get like, used to it. Don't get used to it. But man, that was probably what like the third playoff game that you've watched or something like that. Like it was pretty early on uh, in this. So if that's like your intro, then you right. know it's a great foot to get off on. Skate to get off on. Sorry, apologies. There
2: there it is. There it <laughs> is. Yeah, man. It's it's good. It's been like again, it's I, I'm like a uh back in my youth in the days of my youth, I was a Flyers fan for the playoffs only, basically. So that was like an easy time to like hop on board. But again, yeah, as a reintroduction, you know, I am I like more goals and I like uh come back and then the other team come back and the other team come back so everything I could have asked for and more
0: so your tradition growing up must have been just sort of like okay is Eric Lindros hurt out for the season with a concussion (laughs) yet no okay we're good
2: (laughs) I wanted to talk with you about this because last time we were on with Walt and he doesn't know but you're, you're a Philly guy we have Philly's hat on now for the listener at home and I was thinking about it before I went on last time and I was like so yeah, Eric Lindros was like a key figure in that thing and it was my introduction to the idea of concussions. Oh yeah. But like in 2003 or 5 or whenever this was, we did not discussion it was concussions it was just like why isn't he out there? I don't get it. And like like I remember I had like a like aha distinct moment of being like, yeah, this guy, like, come on, like, he's got to get together, man. Like, who cares how many concussions he had? And just kind of like, you know how you shudder at the thought of your previous (laughs) selves sometimes? You know, like, where you're just like, because, like, I I thought that as, like, a 13-year-old that didn't know what he was doing watching hockey. I was like, yeah, why isn't he out there? And now, like, I mean, you know, I'm a huge football guy, and... Anytime I see a guy get hit, you're just like, "Oh my God, get him out!" Like, what? What, what are we? It, like, just a, a huge shift. But again, like, you know, thirteen year old Tyler was just like, "He's gotta or out." He's probably younger than thirteen, honestly. But uh, like, he's gotta be out there. He's he's gotta put the team on his back. What are we? We're we're paying, we're paying that guy right? And just yeah. So I'm but picturing, to answer your question, yeah. Well, Lindros I was going to say, I'm picturing and
0: you. I'm picturing you as a child, like you've just waited for an hour. You called into WIP, right? And you waited for an hour to have your like, you know, 20 seconds on the air and you have just spewed out some real vitriol toward Eric Ross. Uh, And then you sort of like have this like realization. You're just like, who have I become? What have I become? What (laughs) what kind of monster have I become? And that was really like, that's a key moment in, in the evolution of Tyler. It sounds like, of
2: course. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I wish I could say that I, I became evolved that young, but it wasn't until I thought about my relationship with Eric Lindros in prep for this show that I was like, oh, man, you used to, like, not believe in concussions. Like, that was, like – like, I just thought it was, like, a made-up thing because, like, well, he's there. He doesn't look sick, you know? And then, yeah, anyway, concussions are bad. I want that on the record that I want everyone playing safe and I'm sure the NHL is doing a good amount of stuff to – are they good about concussions now? I feel like it is. I remember it was a huge talking point with the Lindros thing all the time, like – All right, we're both making shaky heads. (laughs) But wasn't Lindros' thing that he had had, like, 20 of them?
0: He had a lot. Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, I think Sidney Crosby was probably the the more recent one that was, like, a huge wake-up call for them Uh to at least, like, think about it. They were like, oh, this guy is, like, the best player of multiple generations. Maybe we shouldn't let his career end a decade prematurely because Mm -hmm. of head injuries. Just a thought. But... Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you can ever truly remove it from the game, though. Right, For sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I also think of the Sabard stuff back in, like, 2011. And his career ended because of post-concussion stuff. And it was sort of just like, oh, that was about when they were starting to get serious about it.
0: Right. And probably the NFL stuff, yeah. you know, I feel like that, that coming out. And it is so crazy. You're so right, Tyler, that uh, how is it possible... That for the whole time that we were growing up, and certainly for previous generations, like into their adulthood as fans, mm-hmm. it never, I'm serious that, I, like, it's its difficult to believe, but it never once crossed our minds until like 2008 or something that like, oh, these head injuries and in these high contact sports are probably like, a really bad thing that uh, probably are like kind of unavoidable, but we should try to mitigate somehow and like think about or whatever. And thinking of concussions as like something that could affect the rest of a player's life and potentially, you know, CTE. we didn't know what Mm -hmm. CTE was. No one had ever even heard of that. Uh, And so even like now looking back, it is almost impossible to believe that there was like that state of mind, like you said, where it's like, Oh, just got his bell rung. Why is he being such right. a baby? He should go back out there, play through it. Uh, and and now it's just like, what were we thinking? How did we ever think that 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 was like, OK, or, you yeah. know, that the, like, uh... all of these head injuries were not going to like pile up and become a problem for someone like in their post playing career?
2: the uh the big thing i always kind of go back to with the concussion thing is that uh nfl live used to have a segment called jacked up
0: oh my god i'm not gosh. sure if you
2: guys remember this oh i remember like, i
0: mean before that even i remember having the vhs tape of like nhl uh, nfl's hardest hits it, 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 nfl's it, it, toughest it, 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 hits
2: yeah and it might have just been like yeah like watching people die or what, what were those tapes i forget but like you know, like just oh these like a snuff
0: faces. a snuff film yeah
2: yeah just like these awful like faces legal, of death no, that's what i was looking for faces of death thank you yeah like it might just faces of death on ice but no uh the uh the jacked up segment is so i i they might be like permaban from youtube i haven't gone to look them up in a bit but i used to like go back because it would like this flash would happen in my head and be like was that real and it was but the whole NFL live crew is there they have like four highlights for one guy and it's just like oh, like Peyton Manning drops back uh, Doc, Brian Dawkins in on, uh, in on the blitz and he got and then everyone together would go
0: jacked yeah. up <laughs>
2: whoa hold on and like Whew. and you know, i mean well now i'm like well hold on but at the time i was like hell yeah that guy got jacked up like yeah. and so now like they do um
0: you got do, you got
2: mossed because yeah. randy moss is on the broadcast and it's just like a guy making a brilliant catch and it's so funny because like it delivers the same product, right? It's like, we're all going to watch a highlight and get excited about it. And just in, you know, 12 years time or whatever it took, it was like, you guys want to see a guy die? like, And then it went to like, look at this guy making a brilliant football play. And it's like, why wasn't it that one to start with? <laughs> you know, like, why did we like, 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 because the hit thing, like it erases, I mean, it's a skill obviously, but it's not football. It's just like two bodies colliding. So Anyway, yeah, I think about jacked up a lot, and I feel like I'm happy that we're in a better place with it. But um, also, yeah, sports are scary, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally am with you on that. And just remembering those those segments and those those old VHS tapes, and just like, yeah, what what were we thinking? So right. I'm glad I'm glad we've moved past that. Uh, it does seem to be maybe a sign of progress, and um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, there's only so much helmet technology can do, but maybe they're, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know they're working on, you know, special helmets all the time, you know, to, to try to improve things. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see. Um, you know, I do want to, uh, before we get to the rest of the playoff stuff, I do want to, as usual, we do have to talk about the, uh, this is episode 18. Uh, mm. We usually assign a, uh, a jersey numbered player to the episode number that it is Um, you know, if this were football, we might assign it to Peyton Manning uh, and and we might celebrate watching him get jacked up. Uh, But what I want to do is celebrate a guy who was known for a very specific play that, I feel like sometimes it gets busted out, but not, uh, not as much as I would like. I want to talk about number 18 uh, for the Chicago Blackhawks in like the 80s, 90s, Denny Savard, who was known for the one move and one move only. And it was a move that you could do in the NHL video game series uh, by pressing the triangle button, I believe. But it's called the Spinorama. And the spinorama is freaking cool. And if you guys haven't seen YouTube highlights of it, I'm sure you have, Emily. Uh, but this dude would bust out this this just total spin move uh, on people like in open ice defensemen. You know they weren't as good skating back then. They couldn't skate backwards as well. Oh my I god! Think. But this dude was lighting people up with this spin move, <laughs> the spinorama, just like <laughs> all the time. And they knew it would happen and they couldn't do it. And he would do it on goalies at point blank range. That is, that is bold. That is bold to do that.
2: So, this is the first that I've seen of this. And, uh, it's like, well, for, how old is, is this from like the probably from the eighties? Eighties. Okay. Yeah. I, Cause it, it reminds me of like, I don't like, uh, uh, what's the Will Ferrell basketball movie? Uh, uh
0: Oh, uh, uh, Oh, Oh, f- I cannot believe I'm blanking Flint on Flint Tropics, People, whatever. In tropics uh but they, Tropics Untitled they invent, Flint Tropics movie.
2: Yeah, they invent the alley-oop, right? And just everyone's like, oh, is that legal? You know, like, that is, that's what this is reminding me of. Just some guy, like, going by, going, like, just... I didn't know that this would, like... This wouldn't cross my mind to do, you know?
0: <laughs> and it didn't cross the mind of anyone playing defense against him that he would try to do it, which I think is amazing. I love those old highlights, especially the NHL in, like, the 80s. Like, it was such a time of upheaval in the game that mm-hmm. you can really see, like, between a few players, and Walt and I talked about Wayne Gretzky uh, a few episodes ago and, like, all the weird stuff that he would do where it's like, it's like what if I went behind the net and just, like, did right, stuff yeah. back there? you think that would work? Oh my God, it works amazing. They never will see this coming. And and I feel like there were like a series of moves that that players would do back then that like, it just, it was such an evolutionary time in the game. So I think there's a reason people speak so fondly of that era uh, in sports in general, but I think also, especially in hockey, because like the goalies, Literally did not think to drop down to their knees and they didn't have the equipment to do it to block yeah. to stop the puck until like Patrick Waugh decided to do that in like 1986. And he was like, What if I tried this? And it's like, oh, I'm instantly the best goalie in the league and <laughs> probably have cemented myself already as a Hall of Famer. Cool, cool, cool. Let's keep doing Great. this.
2: <laughs> uh, so just for clarity this would like be laughably stupid to do in modern NFL right like it would like does this work like players still do it just cause sometimes guys can stop now right like that's what I'm thinking like it's just they're more it, agile like, yeah. yeah like I feel like you just have to like alright I'm gonna
1: stay in front of
2: you now like but yeah well, they still okay, do it in shootouts
0: know. though right Emily
1: I think so oh that makes sense yeah they all have the little funky moves yeah. like, I do.
0: feel like I've seen that Yeah. Yeah. The shootout is truly the canvas upon which all of the the um, Savard, the children of Savard do their painting. (laughs) Uh, I feel like uh, it's just like, where can you bust out the wackiest stuff that that you can think of and you've been trying in practice and uh, really embarrass goalies? That's what this is all about. uh, Scorer's hate goalies with a flaming passion and they want to see them as embarrassed as possible at all times. That's the dark secret, well one of the dark secrets of hockey. There are many dark secrets of hockey. But one of them <laughs> is the cruel and unyielding hatred between uh snipers and goaltenders. Anyway, on that note, we've celebrated Denny Savard, enough about players from the 80s. I want to talk about the playoffs this year. I want to talk about uh, just what has jumped out to you guys so far in the first, it's really only been what, like a week. It feels like longer. The Canadian teams haven't even played yet. Somehow. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of hockey so far. Uh, what, what are you guys most interested in? What has like excited you the most?
1: Yeah. Um, I would say Minnesota Vegas has been fun to watch. Definitely, I think Fleury's been playing really well, so you've got the goaltender battle there. Nashville is not hanging in there against Carolina, which is bumming me out. Um, And then the Bruins' caps has been very good, um, especially after last game when Bruins came back, the overtime. Right now they're not doing as great, but we'll see. Fingers Hmm. crossed right now as this game is happening. (laughs)
2: Uh, the thing that has jumped out to me, well, I've been watching Caps Bruins probably the most. And I think it was in game one, but it might have been game two. But Ovechkin like wrecked a guy like very early. (laughs) And I was like, oh man, I didn't know he still did that. You know, like I was just like, it got like pretty brutal pretty quickly. And so that was an absolute delight. Um, I've been betting him to score first goal, or I did the first two and then I didn't this time. And then this game, of course he scored first goal. So (laughs) you got to trust the process and stick, stick to your guns, but that's been fun for me. And I will tell you the, uh, the most interesting thing to me about the NHL playoffs. I think you guys might've touched on this last episode is that the fact that the regular season is still kind of happening, or I think today was the last day of like the most cursed NHL games in league history. I can only assume.
0: Yes. They, they, uh, we, we felt the, the need to play out some meaningless flames, Canucks games just, you know, for fun. I think actually, why not have the Canucks and flames just like play concurrent with the playoffs, just totally meaningless (laughs) games the whole time. Keep going. Tell the players well, like, they it, get to keep their stats from those games. So, like, yeah. hey, break Gretzky's record. You'll Let's have, like, 100 games. Just this
2: terrible, who was, who's was the Greek guy tied to the rock? that guy Sisyphus. Just this uh, Sisyphus thing where you have to watch the entire Stanley Cup playoffs and you continue to face the Canucks every other night. <laughs> and just this, like, rolling hellscape of, like, did you beat the Canucks this, today? No? <laughs> well, don't worry. Thursday at 3 p.m., you'll have another shot. But, yeah, I was... Groundhog
0: Day for the NHL.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but that was... uh, I assume it's a TV thing. Like, NBA had a similar thing with the bubble where it had to be a certain amount of games or, like, it's an 82-game schedule, but if they don't hit 68, then, like, the whole TV contract's void or something. So I assume it was something similar to that. But, yeah, absolutely cursed, and I'm glad it's over.
1: Yeah, I read that it was something about TV contracts and some fans were trying to figure out ways around it so that they could just stop playing and just do like an, exi- <laughs> just just like do an exhibition play. at some like- point in the summer. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh I mean, really, there are tons of ways that they could try to make it up uh, to the league. Now, maybe some of it, like the players, I think, you know, some of them obviously are like, let's just get this shit over with. Like, what are we doing here? But I bet there are dudes that are like they have like 19 goals and there's like two games left in the season and they've got some kind of performance bonus, bonus in their contract for like yeah. 20 goals and they're like right. god damn it i'm going to go out there and score it. i'm not playing for this team anymore i'm playing for me and my next contract and i'm going to hit well, 20 goals it come hell or high water
2: i mean it would be tampering i'm sure it would be illegal and stuff but i would straight up like call the guys on the other team and be like okay let's work this out you know like i have 100 grand coming my way if i get two more goals who's in like it's just oh yeah I don't know. Uh, I don't know how familiar you guys are with, but in the NFL, Week 17 is like bonus, in, like incentive manipulation week. So, like last year, the Patriots' their last three plays that of the season was Tom Brady taking a shotgun pass and just like. Tossing the ball lightly forward to Antonio Brown on a route because he needed three more receptions to hit a bonus. So they were already up fourteen or whatever. The game's in hand, and it was just like, up oh, here you go, up oh, here you go, up oh, here you go, and then like that's great. He made another two hundred thousand dollars. Like and like, no one mo- or I don't know. If, I'm sure there's some purists out there that hate it, but yeah. If I if if any Canucks or Flames hit their bonuses absolute heroes more power to you and i hope you do it again next time
0: yeah it's uh if if for no other reason i mean that's got to be the only silver lining to those zombie games right. but now we can finally put them in the ground and uh say goodbye to the regular season and really honestly i can't you know in my lifetime as a sports fan i don't i'm sure something like this comparable has happened like I don't know, go back to like 1920s or something, you know, like there's a lot of weird stuff that happened in Mm -hmm. baseball and in various other sports, like in the early part of the 20th century, I wouldn't count it out. But I can't remember another case where playoff games happened. Like before, well before the end of the regular season, and right. you sort of had to track the two of them concurrently. And I feel like it broke hockey reference. Um, like if you go to their uh, their like schedule page, they don't have like they've been struggling to keep up with adding the latest. Uh, either playoff results or regular season results. So it's sort of like they almost. I wonder if their data feed they can like they can have one but not the other if they're sort of right. out of sync with each other. Some and weird
2: Y two so, K scenario. It's the Y two K. But Neil has it broken. It's your the Y2K GitHub. Block.
0: Well, I had to it did the other day in the sense that I had to go in so I usually scrape the the results. This is pulling back the curtain, showing you, you know, how this works. But usually I write that's why our
1: listeners are here.
0: Oh, completely. Yes. But I use our vest to scrape uh, hockey references, schedule and result pages, among many others, many, many, many others. Uh, and I, uh, I I then turn that into the ELO ratings. But because of this issue, I actually had to hard code in three playoff games that were not showing up in their results because of this bug. Uh, and so I found myself typing, uh, you know, Boston Bruins uh, to <laughs> Washington Capitals three. Yes, it went into overtime and kind of like filling in all the stuff myself in that. And I was just like, this should not be happening. And I kind of (laughs) like, but it is of the it's of the times, you know, it's Mm -hmm. sort of like it's a weird COVID season. It's the pandemic. Not that you would know from the uh, the felt like a full house for the Florida game, uh, Florida versus Tampa Bay game. Like there was a lot of energy in that building and I was mostly here for it, but also sort of like. I don't know. The CDC guidelines <laughs> just came out. Maybe slow your roll a little. I don't it know. It was a very Florida uh, but...
1: game. I had the same thought. I have so the yeah, same Florida. thought right so now Florida. as I watch uh, Carolina, Nashville, which feels very crowded.
0: Oh, is that on CNBC? Oh, yes, it is. Oh, man. See, the CNBC thing totally threw me for a loop. Uh, and yeah, we should use actually use this as a great segue. Thank you, Emily, for talking about our impressions of the NBC broadcast graphics that you guys had a lot of thoughts on Twitter about the other day. But Emily, can you first explain to us like, is this normal? Like they changed it for the playoffs. They had a nice, I thought it was a perfectly nice package for the regular season. And, I could I knew I was used to it. I knew what was going on with it when I was watching games in the background, which is what you do with hockey during the regular season. And then they throw this loop at us with this curveball right for the playoffs. Like, is this normal? Why did they do it? Do you think? And also, what are your design thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, so I I don't think this is normal. I feel like usually if you are launching a brand new broadcast package, you do it at the beginning of the season. You don't do it at the end and at the end of your life as a network and at the end of your time covering the league. Um, also, hockey, the old so the old hockey like, score bug and all that information was very narrow, it was horizontal, it was sort of up on the top of the screen, up in the corner, which works really well for hockey because of the camera angles. You always have that little bit of the crowd poking up at the top. So it wasn't like it was blocking anything ever. And it made use of the horizontal space, and then they had the room below it to put all the extra details. And this new one very much feels like... It feels like a baseball little scorebug. I mean, it looks like a baseball scorebug, which I'm Mm. sure we'll get into. But it takes up a very different amount of real estate on the screen which is very frustrating because it takes up space like where actual action is happening and it is very frustratingly what i've noticed is it is just slightly transparent like just enough where you can see Mm -hmm. something (laughs) happening behind it but not enough that you can really see it but enough that you notice that something is different i don't know about you guys but i i hate it for many reasons that i feel like we'll get into but they also so in addition to starting the score bug They have a new font that they've rolled out for all of it, but they still have the old one for like when they're doing stats at the bottom. So you still see the old one occasionally, but the new one is very different. It's like super italic. And then the in studio graphics is all different. And it's, it's all based around this diamond motif for everything, which is just such a strange decision for hockey, which is a sport that is very, (laughs) very tied to circles and trapezoids and like lines and not not diamonds none of that and yet that is what <laughs> they have gone all in as the visual motif it makes no sense to me
2: the uh, the thing that struck me the most well first of all first time seeing it it's it's absolutely jarring because you're like well that's not there and then uh, I just – when you realize that it's not just the score bug, but then they go back to the studio and the two team logos are encased in huge diamonds. And you're like, oh, this was like a whole graphic package that you guys were invested in. And so um, – and the thing that uh, me and Emily, I think I, – what got got me the most was when we were like, what are they going to do with the penalty? because with the horizontal line the penalty thing is a very easy like like little drop box or just highlight the thing yellow there's like there's multiple ways you can go with it just to indicate what's going on but because they've converted they've converted it, the score bug to like a kind of box there it uh it just limits the space that you can do. And specifically if the top team has a penalty, you can't do a drop down on the thing. And what they do is they just like put a yellow bar across half of the logo. So it's like, you know, like I, that's the team that has the penalty. And it, it like, it, it feels like they did the whole package. And then someone asked what will will do with penalties. And they were like, Oh, you're <laughs> so right. And then like, they had to go back and like fill it in. And then, the other thing that got me was, um, do, did they used to show shots all the time? Was that was that a feature of the the previous one? It, I don't think it was a um, feature just, of the NBC it makes... one.
1: It is what if there is anything that okay. was requested well, for NBC to change, it was that. I know uh-huh. like the local broadcast feeds often had it, but the NBC national one does. Okay,
2: well, I can I can again I can really imagine a like a a different score bug where it looks like totally normal, but in this, it just makes it look so busy because there's just like so much going on in this like very tightly contained bit of space. And I don't know. Yeah. Like I said, like I said on Twitter, as I tweeted it, it, uh, it, it has the extreme vibe that has been much discussed on this show of just like, what's up. This is what it is. Drink Mountain Dew. And like, you know, here we are. Yeah.
1: Well, when the p- yeah. power play happens, they have the little banner up top. And then they also have to tell you who caused the power play and all of that. And also, of course, who's sponsoring right. the power play. So instead of before how it would sort of slide up below, it slides up from the side. But it like there's empty space because it's just a little rectangle of who caused the power play, which is next to the like team it is. So there's either space above or below it. It just doesn't make any sense. And then next to it is a giant Geico commercial because the Geico sponsors the power Play or whatever.
0: Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's- and, and it seemed like they just were sort of like, okay, this is our base font size. How many points lower can we go on this? How, like, what's the <laughs> smallest size we can use? Okay, can we go smaller than that? Can we require (laughs) viewers to bust out a magnifying glass? And I sound super old saying this. I could imagine that. But there's just so much more space to work with. You can have a larger font on the wide one, like you were talking about, Emily. But because they've compressed things up so much, maybe not a good idea to also add text in like size one font all over the, the little real estate that you have on the top left corner of the
1: screen. exactly. And there's no, the font that they've (laughs) developed for this or pulled in or whatever, there's no multiple weights for it. Everything is all caps. Everything is full. It's bold. So you can't tell the difference between anything. They put a gradient on the team names, but everything else, there's no hierarchy. There's no visual hierarchy. When looking at the old one, you have fonts in different colors. You have fonts. Some are bold, some are not the little ST in the first period is smaller. So it's not at the same height. It's just doesn't read clearly. And we haven't even gotten to the baseball diamond part of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. The, 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 Oh, go ahead, Tyler. That
2: was just The diamond thing again, just feels like an idea, like, someone has been pushing the diamond inside NBC sports for years and they were like just let greg have this one <laughs> like we're this is it like we're all we're all we're all going after this you know like he he needs to pad his resume for the next graphics gig and he we just just give him this and then you know it comes out and here we, here we are we're in we're in the diamond nhl we're in the future
1: yeah well the most The incredible thing is the fact that watching it for the first time, I had no idea what they were there for. So the little diamond that has the clock on it has these little little notches on three of the corners (laughs) and they don't light up. And you're sitting there wondering, is this for the period that we're in? Is it going to light up one for the first period, one for the second, sort of like someone's Mm -hmm. on first base, second base? And what if there's a man on third? (laughs) Exactly, and no, it lights up when someone gets a power play for some reason, and it, it just is a mess. <laughs> it's a mess.
0: Yeah, and it do- it's, it's just such a baseball graphic. It's, it's kind of crazy to me that you could take this graphic, I think still elements of it would need fixing or be problematic in terms of the information conveyed, but it would be much better if you just took that, cut and paste it, onto a baseball game it would just look so much more at home uh and and the diamond is a big part of that so it reminds me of like yeah early baseball like when they first came up with the score bugs uh on like fox or whatever it was the fox box uh from back in the day um and and i do feel like that sort of like give me a rectangle with everything in it scrunched up into like the top left hand corner of the screen that was like the first version of the TV graphics score bug from like 1996 or whatever and I feel like for the most part almost all of the graphics now have the, the wide version and they've had that right. for like a long time and it doesn't even matter what the sport they use that for like every sport basically Uh, some version of the wide box or NBA has like a kind of a truncated wide one but it's still at the bottom and it's wide Yeah. Uh, and, and so I feel like that that like box in the top corner has gone so far out of vogue that it's it's really surprising to see it make its uh, not-triumphant return. I was going to ask, has stuff like this happened in hockey?
2: Have, do you guys remember the last time it shifted? Because the one thing I will say is that in the NBA and NFL, this things like this, whether it's the actual score bug or different graphics packages that they're putting together – we rip them just every year they bring them out. You know, the, the big one that jumps to mind is, if you guys remember the introduction of the NFL green zone, where if, <laughs> if you have the yellow line for the first down, right, that tells you where they have to get for the first down. But Sunday Night Football, NBC Broadcast, still also an NBC product, decided that they would, like, make the grass between the line of scrimmage and the line to gain a darker shade of green and it was week one of Sunday Night Football in like twenty eighteen or seventeen. It was a couple years ago, and like everyone was just, so you know, like it was great too because like kickoff happens, everything's normal. First down happens, everything's normal. Second down happens, everything normal. Third down, everyone's like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> like like who? Why did you? What curse did you put up on my screen? And it just happened uh, with the ESPN NBA uh, score bug at the start of this season too. So is this like a? Common thing, or have like, has that NBC score bug been a certain way for like an extended period, or at least not this drastic a change? I guess is probably what it is, right?
0: Yeah, I don't remember the last time that they changed it, but I do feel like it's had sort of a similar look for most of the time that NBC has had the NHL. uh, and, And I think it's usually been that wide layout. But I don't know if if you have more of a recollection.
1: Yeah, no, I think it's basically been like that. And NBC has been pretty consistent across all their sports packages. And I think it sort of goes back to launching NBCSN and then they probably visually refresh every I guess every two years technically because they have the Olympics. But it was sort of very surprising to have it happen now in this drastically. But also, again, we still sometimes see the old graphics package pop up and it's like they weren't Fully ready for this.
2: I uh, bringing up the Olympics is interesting because I I didn't even think about that. But looking at it now, I mean, the diamond is still clearly a problem. But if you put flags where the team logos are, it makes a little more sense because right now they're kind of trying to take all these rounded, like mostly like team logos, and shove them into this like very truncated thing, right? But if you just replace that with like the Canadian flag or Russian flag, like any sort of simple tricolor, suddenly you can at least kind of like, I don't know, it makes a lot more sense to me if it did there. But like you said, by the time the Winter Olympics roll around, they might have a new one. But it might be the horizontal bar again.
0: <laughs> well, it could. I mean the tri the the triangle uh, or the diamond motif. Maybe who knows who's to say it doesn't show up for the Olympics, uh, this mm-hmm. summer. I mean, it could be sort of like a, a soft launch for that, oh, which I do right. think is a thing that sometimes happens. I've noticed that, like, for the Super Bowl, networks will like soft launch next yeah. year's uh graphics package or score bug or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why they choose, maybe it's like this is the grandest rollout we can give it, but then sometimes mm-hmm. it also seems like. A questionable decision to roll out to literally your largest audience of the entire season this thing that has not been fully stress tested. I guess, right? Uh, you know, maybe, maybe at least give me the conference championships to work out the bugs. Uh, but yeah, I do feel like that's a thing where where they'll do that with the Super Bowl. So maybe there is that precedent, and and we'll see that that this is just a test launch. And they're sort of like, well, we're losing hockey anyway. What do we care whether it works well for hockey or not? We're just right. going to use this as our, our guinea pig for you know what happens later in Tokyo?
2: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The Super Bowl thing has always been like bizarre to me because, like you said, it's weird to like put it out there. but thinking about it, I think part of it is that like this is the game that everyone's watching, and there's a ton of people that only watch one football game and you're trying to inform those people this is what football looks like right now, right? Like this is, this is what it is supposed to be. And if you check into a game next year, cause you'll really like this one, this is what it's going to look like. So no surprises, here you go. But it is like jarring when, um, and I have to imagine it's tough for the broadcast too, to be like working with a whole new system, like on the biggest day of the year, but
0: who knows, man, they're professionals. <laughs> They roll with the punches. Uh, oh, they got it.
2: It's the only choice they got.
0: <laughs> I also wonder if the other networks, like, are they, are they huddled around the screen, like waiting for the uh, Super Bowl graphics package? And you, you know, CBS has the game and they roll out something new. And Fox is like, damn it. They did it again. We're going to have to work <laughs> all <scooped> off season. <laughs> <Yeah>. They scooped <laughs> us. They have the yellow thing at the, uh, the right hand side. That was going to be our thing. <laughs> We're going to yes, be the yellow he- thing guys. CBS
2: had a center score bug for a bit. Do you remember that in the NFL? I think this was two – I think, again, this was two years ago. But that was a really jarring one because there's there's kind of certain placements that you're, like, used to, and it's usually corners. And just having it kind of stand as, like, a like solid lower third in the middle was uh, – I don't know. That's one that, like – I guess it stuck with me. So maybe maybe it was actually good, but – just put them in the corners, or I think I think football works good in the corners, and hockey and basketball, the line is great, and let, let's all just move on. There has to be a best way for this, I guess is kind of the thing, right? Like, it, this feels like a solvable problem, and one of those things where you're just, like, getting a new car every two years just to get a new car, even though your old car's fine. But, like, I, I don't know. It feels like you could put like 20 hockey fans in a lab and they'd be like we did it this is the best way to watch hockey we don't have to mess with it anymore and, and we've been then doing like, this one for a long time like, diamond! Then, like,
0: <laughs> yeah diamond guy nobody show. wants to listen to right. diamond guy yeah yeah uh <laughs> but yeah i mean we've been doing this for a long time uh to oh, your point boy. on that I just like saw, it I'm does sorry. seem like it deli- should be penalty
1: banner and it's bad it's really bad <laughs> <laughs> it's a little yellow bar that just goes across which is different from the other yellow bar. It's a different color yellow. It is skinnier. It's bad.
0: But what corner of the diamond lights up?
1: I don't know if the bottom <laughs> right. corner of the diamond lights up, but it's this little it looks like it's a little piece of tape. It's bad.
2: Oh, and well God. hold on, I'm just seeing now the right corner lights up when they're showing an ad when they're showing a graphic package come out of there, I didn't even realize that one,
0: but
1: there's so much man. to discover. Yeah, they
2: did it. Yeah. There really it is the gift that keeps on giving. We're the, learning uh, new I,
0: things. I, they're learning new things. They didn't know it could do that yeah, until tonight. Actually. I was like, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I guess we'll just watch the rest of the playoffs, see if they improve upon it, maybe, you know, bust out some more um, Olympic soft launch things. I don't know, more more diamonds in more places. That's that's what they seem to be looking for. Uh, but I did want to shift gears uh, before the end of the show and talk a little bit about playoff traditions, because this is, you know, again, the first full blown episode of the playoffs. And we've seen a little bit of playoff atmosphere, but we haven't necessarily seen the full range of uh, just things that tend to happen in the playoffs. Maybe there's not a great explanation other than they always happen. Uh, But also just things, stuff hockey fans do, like the uh, the things that uh, are ingrained into the game, uh, particularly in the playoffs. So, Emily, I was wondering if you would be our guide to some of the some of the top. Playoff traditions.
1: Yes, I am always happy to read through a list of stuff I wrote up. Um, So I think there's sort of a lot of different categories that you can look at. There's, as you mentioned, the things the players do, the things the fans do, the things the arena and the team itself does. So I guess we can start with stuff the players do during uh, the playoffs, which sort of starts with um, the first thing I have down is the trophy superstition, which is where they refuse to interact with um, the trophies that they win before they win the Stanley Cup. They basically shun it and have no interest in this thing that they worked very hard to earn because it is not the big one. It is not the Stanley Cup, um, which is always fun to sort of, I guess, watch them get awarded this thing and then immediately back like three feet away from it. Just like, nope.
0: (laughs) Nope. Now the trophies are like, this is like the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference championship trophies, stuff like that. Yes.
1: Well, there's also the lore of basically you don't touch the Stanley Cup unless you win it. Which applies for your entire life. So if you are a little hockey player growing up and the cup makes a visit to your local AT&T store on some sort of tour, do, do you want to curse yourself if you think you could end up in the NHL? If you go to the Hockey Hall of Fame, are you going to touch the
0: it? oh my gosh what if what if you accidentally did you didn't know about this tradition first as like a (laughs) five-year-old or whatever and you accidentally touched the cup are you cursed uh can you revoke it can you like reverse it somehow do you have to do like a spell
2: yeah is there (laughs) some sort of like say seven hail marys and you you have a clean slate or something like is there someone you can confess to
0: lady bing yes
1: I think at that point you just have to break every single hockey tradition and hope that that unbreaks it. So you got to you got to step on the logo in the locker room, you gotta do all that stuff.
0: Skate across the blue line in warm ups Yes.
1: Um, and then going further down the list, we have the always popular hockey playoff beard, which is where they do not shave until. The end of the playoffs, which is very fun to watch. Um, The beards get longer. You get to see people. There's always like a couple guys that have a ginger beard for some reason. They're not a Mm redhead, but they have the red beard. It's incredible.
0: (laughs) What's that about? Is that just just a quirk of genetics? I think
1: so, but it's always fun to
0: see. Or a dye job.
1: Um, Also, a little similar. The Bruins used to... They did it for like 10 years and then they stopped. Um, They would do... Um, before right at the end of the regular season, they would do a charity event where people could basically bid to shave the heads of the players, and so they one of the team members would basically try and get everyone to do it as sort of a little team ritual leading into the playoffs. It was great. It's actually mm-hmm. start. It was uh for a while it was spearheaded by Sean Thornton, who I am a big fan of, and who is uh, I believe on some of the art for this podcast somewhere.
0: <laughs> yes, he's a, he, he was kind of a goon, right? Yes,
1: he is a favorite goon of mine. I, I'm a big Sean Thornton fan. Yeah. Um, and then so looking at some other fun playoff rituals, there's a lot of teams giving each other stuff in the locker room as sort of like a, a trinket, a talisman. So the Bruins, for a while, they had a vintage jacket that they gave when they won the Cup, and then they had another jacket, and then they had this really stupid chain necklace that they gave, and they did not win the Cup that year, and I blame it because it was extremely dorky and really bad. Some other teams, let's see, the Penguins gave a shovel for a while, and then they gave a rock. Like They would just pass this around the locker room to whoever was the player of the game. A lot of hats. Um, the Blackhawks famously had sort of like one of those big exaggerated boxing belts that they would give to the player of the game. Uh, um, And then let's see, we had stuff fans do. So there's a lot of very fun fan rituals. Um, I am a big Smashville fan. um, So the Nashville Predators have a lot of great (laughs) uh, traditions, including for Smashville outside of the stadium, they would have basically a car that you could pay money to charity to, and you would be able to smash it and beat it up. Um, and Classic. they would decorate it with the team that Nashville was up against. So they would put the logo when they played the Winnipeg Jets in the playoffs, they brought in a plane for you to smash instead of a car. It's incredible.
0: Whoa. That That's is the next level.
1: Yes. I, I,
0: Was it like a Canadian Air Force plane?
1: Yeah, but they brought in like a little jet. (laughs) Somehow they got a jet and then they let you beat the jet up. It's great. It's so fun.
2: Have you ever been able to take part in a ceremonial smash? I
1: have not. I've not been to Smashville for a playoff game. I've just been for a regular season. But in fact, I have a couple uh, Nashville rituals on my list because that is a fun arena. They have a lot of great chants. So after a... Nashville goal they will jeer the goalie they have a whole like this very elaborate call and response system um it's great (laughs) they have interactions with the PA announcer when they um when he tells them that there's a minute remaining in the period it's thanks Paul that's the response (laughs) it's incredible I love it.
0: How- is his name actually Paul?
1: Yes. <laughs> that was
2: my next question as well.
1: <laughs> but also, of course, whoever follows this guy in this job will still be referred to as Paul. I must.
0: Yeah. He's Paul. Yeah. yeah thanks, Paul. Yeah.
1: yeah. And then Nashville's also known for throwing the catfish on the ice, which is basically a co opted tradition from Detroit, which had an octopus that they would throw on the ice back then way back when that started it was eight games to win the cup eight legs on an octopus that has since become their mascot it's incredible
0: it only makes sense i mean come on like who wouldn't look at an octopus and be like oh yeah eight wins totally i'm gonna throw this raw the uh, fish item on on the ice isn't it uh, isn't splodgible. it 16 wins to win the cup now it is? Is? now it is Oh, it used you got to gotta be. bring okay, in okay. twice the octopi. Yeah, I was
2: gonna say. Yeah, we got to.
1: Yes. Yeah, okay. and of course. So basically, Nashville has a bunch of Detroit former residents because you had a car plant open up in Tennessee. So then you got all the people moving there, and then they somehow uh-huh. co-opted this tradition, except with a catfish. It's great. It's great. That's kind of sweet. That, that, that warms my heart a little bit. Yeah. Like, and. Th-
0: I mean, it's still disgusting, but <laughs> sure. oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. still it's yeah, still it's a true.
1: rotting piece of seafood that you have to strap to your leg to get in. Um, but I think Florida has sort of <laughs> solved that part of it, and it is not a actual dead animal, and it is instead a plastic rat that they throw on the ice.
2: Is it one particular rat, or is there like a new plastic rat every game? Like, is the the plastic rat retrieved and then like? return to fan alpha or do they bring a new one in every time So
1: that i am not fully clear on so i did some research into it um so basically the florida rat tradition which um was very visible um at least during game one when florida was scoring quite a bit um it started back in 1995 when the florida goaltender killed a rat in the locker room before the home opener and then what, the trick. stick that was used to kill the rat then scored two goals. So it was not a hat trick, but it was a rat trick, which is incredible. Um, and then the next year, fans started to throw plastic rats on the ice. This also ca- coincided with the year of the rat. And then the team like got really mm-hmm. into it. And there's great photos of this where someone in the Florida Panthers office was very smart and was like, how do we tie this in? How do we make money off of this? let's bring in an exterminator company to sponsor the on ice cleanup crew, <laughs> so, the, Genius. so they got Orkin in and then they got the ice crew dressed up as exterminators when they were cleaning up the ice. <laughs> it's incredible. And then when they face the Colorado avalanche, Neil, your fave team in the finals, yes, of course. the avalanche fans then threw rat traps on the ice. It's this whole established. Oh, yes.
2: Wow. Very smart. So the,
0: now, yeah. the cleanup for this ended up taking a significant amount of time, if I remember, to the point that they, like, were, please refrain from throwing quite so many rats uh, out. We can't have, like, a five-minute delay after every goal okay. to get rid of all these rats.
1: Oh, yes. This is what created the fan delay of game penalty.
0: <laughs> which is a thing. Yes,
1: which is a thing of basically a ref can decide to penalize a home team because their fans are being disruptive um, by throwing towels, fish on the ice. (laughs) Yes. Um, To the point where when the rat thing came back in 2011, um, the Panthers were selling it in the team shop and they would basically, I guess, recollect all the rats that ended up on the ice and then put them back in the team shop to sell just like a whole... Rat cycle, but they had to stop selling them because they thought that Devils fans were throwing them on the ice in order to give the. Op- they thought that the opposing oh team's fans were like intentionally sabotaging the home team. Just seven-dimensional. Next dimensional
0: level. Chess Next
2: yeah right yeah
0: (laughs) i do like that they took the the chuck e cheese pizza approach to just sort of like reuse the old slices reuse the the old the rats that you've thrown onto the ice like sell there's somebody out there there's some poor panthers fan who's been sold the same rat like five or six different times probably
1: Yeah, and I think also similar to Chuck E. Cheese is the <laughs> the Florida Panthers have introduced a rat mascot named Victor E. Rat with two T's. Um, basically, just fully <laughs> embracing. I get it. This. I love it. I love it. I love it when a team just pulls this in. Similarly to the Detroit uh, Red Wings having an octopus mascot.
0: Yeah, he even looks like Chuck E. Cheese. It's like a pretty <laughs> clear ripoff.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I guess, oh, the last thing I have on my list to discuss is the sort of elaborate pregame rituals that happen during the playoffs, which I am a huge fan okay. of. Um, I did theater in high school, so I appreciate the show of all of it. Well, I did the technical side of it. Um, But you have on one end, you have the Montreal Canadiens who back in I think 2014 had sort of one of the first big projection focused pregame shows, which was like four minutes long and had all this like history that they brought in lots of audio, lots of fancy projection on the ice leading up to like a little child holding a torch skating around to light the ice on fire. Just very, like, self-serious, very, I feel like, very Montreal. It feels like it's an Olympics opening ceremony kind of, like, level of seriousness. And then on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, you have the Vegas Golden Knights pregame opening ceremonies, which is, like, the best way I can describe it is it is a high school homecoming, like, pep rally skit where someone comes in dressed up as, the like, your opponent the opposing high school yeah. mascot, except with the budget of medieval times. It is right so cheesy. You have a guy dressed up as a golden knight. You got someone with a faux British accent talking. There's a woman that's shooting a f- flaming arrow down to the ice. And then that was the knight fights like a little fighter pilot when they were fighting the jets. It, it's incredible. It's so cheesy. It's so campy. So many like hockey traditionalists hated it. So I loved it. Uh,
2: <laughs>
1: I love the Vegas
2: one because it's such a like that's Las Vegas. You know what I mean? Like that is the city, right? Like it's this like like super campy, like lean all the way in, you know, like like I've been in the Luxor, you know. I've been in I've been in those I've been in those casinos. Like it's fun, man. Like and, and it's it's fun as long as you let it wash over you. So I'm all about it. I love I love that shit. Also the pressure to come up with something new every time like it's just impressive.
0: Yeah, they they bring it for the spectacle and and just the sheer, you know, like being in Vegas, the nights are like one of the attractions they've like slotted in exactly alongside like the casinos and all of the shows and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, check out the golden Knights also. Uh, so I, I think that that's like such you're, you're so right. It's so in keeping with, uh, just the whole city, uh, and and their approach to entertainment. We'll put it that way. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Uh, So, Emily, what's your favorite of those uh, playoff traditions? Uh, Is is it the catfish toss?
1: Yeah, I think part of it, part of me has to lean towards Nashville as a Nashville fan. um, I think the energy in that building is really fun. Um, From back when they beat Chicago, the videos of the fans just like jeering the hell out of Crawford is just so fun to watch um yeah i don't know i think there's something very cool especially when you can hear the fan chants on the broadcast which i feel like they always try to not let you hear and it just takes over i love it
0: yeah it's like college football is like the only sport or college basketball where like you get those chants you're not supposed to get that in a pro game it's supposed to be more serious than that you know they're older all, all of that but yeah Uh, I do. And I like Nashville like is such a great success story for being in a place that people didn't think hockey could succeed. And it was never really supposed to be like that passionate of a fan base. And uh, originally being from Atlanta, I sort of see the 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 dark mirror universe side flip side of the Nashville Predators in the Atlanta Thrashers, who (laughs) are IP now the Winnipeg Jets, a city that cares much more about hockey and deserves a hockey team a lot more. Uh, But you could sort of see like, oh, is Nashville going to go, you know, that direction, but instead they've been sort of the total opposite. They've been such a rousing success uh, as a, as a hockey city in the South. And now they're sort of known as this like raucous fan base. Yeah.
1: It's also, it's, I think it's one of those locations that really benefits from the arena location. It's right downtown. It's right by all the, I mean, there's a Margaritaville down the street. There's 17 other sponsored um, restaurants with different country star names on them. But I think that creates such a different vibe and it creates a destination that Sunrise Florida doesn't necessarily have or Glendale, I think, which is where the Coyotes play and all those sort of that aren't in that sort of central I mean, it is a party location and it's just very fun to go to a game there and the environment makes you want to go and care about this team. It's great.
0: Uh, and so, Tyler, uh, now that you've heard all of these traditions, do you either have a an idea for a new tradition or if not uh which one was your favorite which one sort of spoke to you of the of the ones emily listed off (laughs) well the favorite is
2: definitely hey paul or thanks paul that is (laughs) number one of the bullet that's that's any sort of like direct fan interaction with the pa commentator is fantastic um so the thing that jumps to mind in my head and neil i think i'm gonna need your help here but i have a vague memory from childhood of a Flyers playoff game going into endless overtimes with, I want to say the Devils, but maybe the Bruins or something like that. And the urban legend going along with it that they ordered pizza in the locker room. Does this ring any bells or is this something that I made up?
0: I definitely remember the Flyers being part of a super duper long playoff game. So that part checks out for me. I've not heard the pizza story, but it's amazing. So I I want it to be true. We can declare it's true.
2: And okay, that's good. Cool. Cause it's I, I'm realizing just saying it now that this could be something that like someone told you as a twelve year old as a joke, and you were like, "Of course they ordered pizza. It was so late," but like they must have been so hungry. But I want so my one idea is uh, the seventy sixers have a deal where in the second half of a game, if an a, opponent misses both free throws of a foul shot attempt then every fan, every fan in the attendance gets a free Wendy's Frosty oh. after. And then if it happens a second time, you get a free Frosty and Small Fry. And if it happens a third time, you get a free Junior Cheeseburger, free Small Fry, and free Frosty. And there's always been a player kind of mascot that is like, we got to get them to miss these two free throws so we can all get Frosties. It's currently Dwight Howard. Many people have worn the cape. So my idea is that if a playoff hockey game, some team that has a pizza sponsorship, if a playoff hockey game goes to overtime, and I think it would have to be if they won, because it'd be kind of bummer to get free pizza if they lost. But if they win a playoff game in overtime, everyone gets free pizza. That's what I got.
0: I think that's great. And by the way, I did a little quick cursory Googling. So it's a, it was a five overtime game between the Flyers I and Penguins, okay, in May fourth, two thousand. So okay. we're like not that far, just a few weeks from the uh, the twenty first anniversary of this. But okay. they totally ordered pizza. Uh, the, uh, I found an oral history of it. I'll put a link to it in the, um, in, in the description of the show. But they uh, there's a Penguins defenseman who said, I remember we had some pizza ordered. The whole locker room smelled like pizza. The referee <laughs> said we had the standby ref order pizza after the second or third overtime. And then he said, uh, the problem is that we had one of our standbys who's probably the guy with the biggest appetite on our staff. And he ate three quarters <laughs> of our pizza.
2: So <laughs> there you go.
0: Okay. So I'm glad this wasn't some like fib of childhood Tyler,
2: but yeah, I think that makes a lot, especially with the whole endless overtime thing, you know, and like, you know, with every additional overtime, you get an additional pizza or something. So if we ever get, you know, I don't, I, I don't know, but that, that absolutely delights me. I want more players eating in
1: locker rooms. Yeah. Yes. I will also yeah, I in it. another pitch for the Nashville Predators. If the Nashville Predators score four goals during a game, you can get a free 12-ounce Frosty. If the Nashville Predators score go. a goal in the last five minutes of the second period at home, all fans win a free honey-butter chicken biscuit during breakfast hours. <laughs> okay. there you I go. love it.
0: It's the most specific (laughs) promotion ever.
1: Afternoon game (laughs) pitched by a lefty. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Neil. I feel like we we have definitely floated the idea several times of trying to figure out what is the best free food conditional deal in sports. I feel like we've talked about this many times.
0: Like combination. Yeah, combination of likelihood of it happening and quality of the of the payoff and sort of where's the sweet spot between those two uh you can totally do the math on that because like you know that the marketing person with the predators has done the math on like okay what are the odds of a goal right. being scored under these conditions last five yeah. minutes the second period uh and and they've sort of offset their their costs based on that <laughs>
2: just like a chart with an arrow going down i like I'm giving away too many frosties yeah
0: yeah what do you want us to go bankrupt here? Yeah. First, we that gotta lot. find a way to dispose of all these dead catfish, and yeah. now you're making us give away frosties. Yeah,
1: I of course I always think of um, the furniture company in Boston, um, which also has an IMAX uh, theater. chain next to it, a Jelly Belly like whole place, water fountains. <laughs> Jordan's furniture is incredible, but back before the of the Red Sox broke the curse it was basically if you buy furniture from jordans and the red sox win the world series it is free so people would buy their <laughs> whole stuff and then and then it happened and then they had to be like okay shoot shoot if we win the world series again then it's free yeah <laughs> and then it became if we sweep the world series and then it just like they yeah. had to progressively be like okay okay the team's yeah. good yeah. now shoot yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> we've made a horrible mistake yeah. We used to count on we used to count on uh, three things: death, taxes, and the Red Sox not being competitive <laughs> yeah. for a World Series. Yeah, what the hell is going business on? This
2: model is based on the Red Sox not winning the World Series. Yeah, right. <laughs> and alas, like.
0: <laughs> well, let's move on to the Patriot. Oh no, nope. uh, yeah. <laughs> Bruins. up sorry, Celtics. Uh, the Revolution. No, sorry. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, these are all great traditions. Uh, and yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing which ones we can kind of see in action sooner, later, uh, you know, whether we'll get to see some some rats uh, tossed onto the ice uh, pretty soon. Rat trick. Uh, but yeah, this this has been great. Love learning about hockey traditions. Uh, uh, and thank you so much for sharing those with us, Emily. And uh, yeah, that's that's basically all the time we have for this episode of Goons Pod. But uh, it was great to talk to you guys. Uh, Walt will be back next week, but I'm sure we'll have both of you on, and hopefully we can do like a four person pod, a quartet of Goons at some point. We'll just sort of up the Goon capacity at each. Um, you know,
2: they are looking. <laughs> Full line pretty soon.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh well, they're lifting restrictions at a bunch of places in terms of capacity. So, I think we can squeeze extra people into this podcast also, <laughs> oh, yeah. but uh Emily, before we go, where can people find you?
1: Yeah, you can find me um at 538. Uh Neil and I do a hockey chat every other week or so. Um and then I also Fridays. Yes, Fridays. And then I I make I make pretty art for the site. Um, And then you can find me on Twitter at underscore Shem, as usual.
0: And what about you, Tyler?
2: Uh, You can find me writing at Insider. We got the PGA Championship coming up this weekend, so that should be lots of fun. We're rooting for Victor Hovland, everybody. Victor Hovland is who we need for my wallet. I
0: thought it was Victor E. Rat.
2: No, well, uh, a nice bit of symmetry there for the podcast. But no, Victor Hovland is who we're going for right now. Um, And I'm on Twitter at Tyler Laletta. Follow me. And I mostly tweet Simpsons jokes. So,
0: yeah. (laughs) Best kind of jokes. Uh, Well, thank you both. And uh, for everybody out there listening, thanks for uh, tuning in. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next week. And like I said, we're, we're really excited for the playoffs. So we're going to be there the whole way. Excited to have you with us. Talk to you next time.